Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another podcast brought to you by The Shot. We are very fortunate today uh, that not only we are we joined as ever by Charles Firth. Hello, Charles. Hello. And Dave Milner. Hello, Dave. G'day. But we have our new podcast member, meaning that we're no longer just the three wheels, but we have a more evenly balanced fourth with Grace Tame. Grace, welcome to The Shot's podcast. G'day. Thanks for having me to balance out your Excellent. previously... Yeah, to our uneven kind of rickety wagon. It could have been a three-wheeled bike. Yeah, a tricycle. That's what it's called, isn't it? <laughs> a three-wheeled bike. It is. It's called it a tricycle. The, that name inherit within its name. Have you actually ever listened to this podcast, by the way, Grace? Uh, Charles, don't put Grace on the spot as to whether she's listened to our podcast before. There's <laughs> a welter of podcasts available for people's moral yeah. pleasure. And no one's listened to yeah. this podcast before. But in a few years' time, people will go back and listen to these episodes. It's like, oh, have you listened to the early episodes of This American Life? They're amazing. <laughs> I have listened to it. So, yes. a lot been happening. Um, we were discussing whether or not it is sacrilege or sensible for Roald Dahl's estate to have tampered with his words. Um, you know, Grace, I know that you have strong views on whether or not uh, enforcing parameters on what's acceptable uh, is something that we should be dabbling with in this day and age. Look, I I am just a fierce advocate for the preservation of the specificity of language. I think that's my position and I maintain that. I it, it, It's not any other... Uh, there's no other agenda behind that. I I just have been watching, even in my relatively short lifetime, I'm only 28, I've been watching the use of shorthand, especially with social media apps, um, you know, the, the sort of the way they're constructed and the conventions of social engagement thereon. Like it's just, yeah, it's just this depreciation of the value of words there's this use of, of of fewer words of and of the like incorrect words and and imbuing words I think with that me there's, as well that perhaps is not intended. Yeah, like it's about having the nuance uh, maintained so that we can actually separate those things out to prevent trivialization. Yeah, and to understand what things mean. Um, it's not about a comparison exercise um, mm. and it's actually to prevent the point scoring that happens when you try to put everything into the same basket. And there's a reason why we use certain words for certain things. It's to prevent the sheltering and the, the negative ef- effects that come from sheltering if you don't just call something what it is. Because down the line, it's you're going to get hurt by something mm. anyways. And if you, you sort of, if you delay that process... What's going to happen is the the problem, whatever it is, is going to actually potentially manifest into something worse. And I'm just seeing more and more in the media and just in general in, in social environments. We are we are using smoke screens, we're softening words, we're avoiding truth, we're just sort of bending things because we're too afraid to actually confront the facts, the reality of what they are. And 
that's not helpful at all. That's actually the harm. That's the harm there. You know, using things like, oh, you know, culture war or cancel culture, you know, like what, what's actually going on? You know, when someone says, oh, like I've been cancelled, just use the specific terms. What's actually happened to you? Have you been called out? Have you lost your job? Have you, you know, has a, has a law been Have enforced? you been held accountable? You, been, nope. you know, like what's, <laughs> your what accounting. is actually going on? You know, like you, you're talking about this roll dial situation and, and, and words that are being removed are things like, you know, with the witches, it's, it's like they're not being called ugly or, you know, with Augustus Gloop, he's not being called fat anymore. It's like... a, a but what if that's what they just are? Yeah, I, I <laughs> and it's do not about being fat phobic. It's just, that's just, at what but point do we just go, that is what that is? And that, it, like, how do you. So, so are we saying that in this you know, context, uh, fat is just a, it's a descriptive <laughs> word without negative or positive connotations. And if we don't use that, we're being vaguer and just less explicit in what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, I think there's two issues as well. There's like, are, as Grace says, are we. Inherent, are we saying that there's sort of an inherent offence in words like fat um, or ugly, which is kind of different, I guess, from some of the words like, you know, sort of slut or you know, any number of other terms which we actually wouldn't use. Um, and then there's the other issue about is it appropriate to go back and kind of sanitise things that were written in the past to make them more acceptable to a contemporary audience or should they be presented within a context and said, well, this is when this is for, so that we can actually yeah. see the way um, things change over time, what is acceptable changes over time, the way language and its use changes over time. I mean, this is a fascinating conversation because there's so many examples of it. I mean, two or three weeks ago, Disneyland closed Splash Mountain, which is based on a, you know, deliberately forgotten part of their catalogue, A Song of the South, which is you know, oh, a very... Oh, I love Splash Mountain. I know, it's a sick ride. You it's Splash. I, it, well, yeah, yeah, it's one of those log flumes. It's it's arguably one of the better rides at Disneyland. That's off-topic, Charles. I hate the Disneyland. Point is, but, um, strong word on purpose. Because, because for, for not because it's a really sick. Because it was wet wide. shaming. Yeah, yeah. It was wet shaming. <laughs> was it too dangerous? No, in like 2023. Like that we used to be on? No, it's, Not wet it, enough. In 2023, we all need to be dry. <laughs> no, no, it's because the animatronic characters in this uh, ride were based on Song of the South, which is just a very racist cartoon, basically. And <laughs> oh, I see, right. <laughs> Splash Mountain was racist. I didn't even know. Yeah, no, no, Splash Mountain believe. is I'm going to be cancelled for saying I liked spa- I Splash Mountain. Sp- I thought you said Space Mountain. <laughs> no, spla- no, nothing oh, racist minute, about Splash Space Mountain. Space Mountain. Splash. Nothing oh racist God, about yeah, Space yeah. Mountain. You guys are cool to keep enjoying Space That's, Mountain. But oh, but honestly, if, if you're going to close something about Disneyland for being racist, close the whole fucking place because <laughs> Disney, Walt Disney, was a Nazi, okay? Yeah, and also, it. it's a capitalist, sick, predatory <laughs> vortex of exponential waste that preys on innocent children who could be outside in nature. Instead, it's these big veneers of fakery <laughs> That well, just waste your money. Wow. We've got our headline. <laughs> no, th- that is. Course, I talk Disneyland about it in close. my book. <laughs> Disney but was a bit okay. of an answer. Close the whole place. <laughs> close the whole place. I'm sorry. And I said, uh, here, no, here's me on. in my book saying but, I wouldn't go out with a megaphone think, and think, tell people not to go. And here I am on a microphone saying, <laughs> close down Disneyland. Okay, Don't so we go. <laughs> close down Disneyland. The other, the yeah. other 
fact but what was your is, point though because i feel like you had a my, my point, point was that <laughs> um while disney was a nazi grace just got there before me i'm done now no my point is that there are thousands of examples of this i mean right okay the, one yeah. of the dumbest ones is post 9 11 et was changed. They they removed guns from the film and replaced them with walkie-talkies because that might upset somebody. What? Really? Yeah, there's special editions of E.T. without oh guns. Okay, so can I... Can I, uh, okay, let's, I think Joe's right in saying there's two separate conversations going on. Can I, can I throw into the first bit, which is like, you know, will we run out of words? If they all get made to be the same thing. Homogenous. Will we, mm. will we just get vaguer and vaguer? Just overcooking and the word pasta. Yeah. We're just making it all. Idiocracy. And my perspective, word soup. My perspective on it is that I've got kids, right, and literally they just make up words <laughs> all the time. Like you come home and you go, oh, that's, well, he's an eshe. <laughs> you know what the fuck is an Esha, you yeah. fuckwit? Like yeah. just speak in my language, right? And you go, Sa- oh, actually, sachet. Sachet. Is it sachet? What? <laughs> no, no, it's no, Esha. No, it means no, like, yeah, yeah. All right, to and, come on the other side or, of this know, though, I make up words that's all the OP time. OP or in, OG or <laughs> I make up know, words like, all the time like, in the pieces I write yeah, for you, exactly. Charles. Like, you don't seem no, to have a problem with that. It's it's an evolutionary thing. Like the reason why people say, oh, you know emotional violence, right, is because violent is such a big word, such a powerful word, that they want to use, they want to borrow that. And that happens in language all the time. They want to borrow that for yes. whatever they're talking about, right? However, mm-hmm. it's not the same as physical violence and there's a need to preserve nuance. And this is this is part of the problem is that we are lowering the threshold for, how do I explain this, um, the two th- there are two occur- co-occurring problems um, in the, the media um, and real perpetrators of, of harm, significant harm, criminal perpetrators of significant harm are benefiting from these co- co-occurring problems because they're being softened um, by proxy because what's happening when we, we consider these two co-occurring problems is that the, I guess the, the outcome is that we're, we're kind of shrinking the, um, the spectrum of bad behavior because they cancel each other out. We're narrowing the, the lens through which we view bad behavior is that we are, on the one hand, we're overstating harm and then we're also like not looking at true abuse. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Is that if we if we if we expand things like these def- definitions of of violence to where we've got physical violence and we're also putting emotional um, and uh, you know verbal harm in there, and not having separate categories, what we what we risk doing is muddying it all up, and we cannot tell the difference between a for, for example, a perpetrator of of, of calculated, um, you know, child sexual abuse, <laughs> who's down way down the end, and this is what I've like in the last couple of years, I've I've been really paying attention to the media and what's been going on because I've, you know, I've gone from being an advocate who, you know, didn't have a public profile and really sort of did different kind of work, and then I've also seen sort of like politics and things and how the machinations of all these things are integrated and I've you know a lot of light bulbs have gone off in my head at once um (laughs) which is quite painful Um, (laughs) and it's it's 
Yes, <laughs> not literally, obviously. Um, <laughs> and um, it's been it's been fascinating to see that there's a design to that. There's a design to that destructive technique is to keep us or almost to flatline everything, mm. like I said, because I, we don't actually have this category over in a corner for really, really abusive perpetrators because there are some really, really abusive perpetrators very high up in those media, uh, you know, like in the media industrial complex, in the in the you know military industrial complex, who are a part of that infrastructure, the powers that be, because when it comes their time to get um, held to account, they just get sort of brought in with this narrower. Yeah. Um, bunch. So, so I wonder and whether don't get as much accountability. Actually, the question That's is why. precision of language. Like, yes. like in some ways, you know, I think our instinctive objection to oh, let's change language that happened in past text is that, but that had a context and a precise meaning back then, and that's part of what that text is. Yes. Like calling someone fat back in 1970, actually did have a different social meaning and context to calling someone fat in 2023. It's just like, it, 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 like I know that they sort of literally meant the same thing, but there's a whole lot of socially loaded... Grace that comes with it you know, at the time, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or lack of grace, you know, like actually just sort of, mm. you know, it's completely fine to call. And that's actually useful for people to know that that language is there then you know like it's the same way you don't you know like with fairy tales going back to the originals and seeing how grim they were is actually a useful thing to um to visit because actually that there's a sort of historical context in that so i think there's a sort of precision thing but then there's the sort of running out of meaning question as well and so i think like there's a sort of conflation there which is sort of going I suppose where I'm at is I don't think we're going to run out of sort of meaning. I think one of the joyous things is you can sort of go, actually, you know, language evolves and and it's, it's good to ride with it. I suppose what Grace's point is, tell me if I'm wrong here, is what you don't want to do is actually be at the hest of sort of interested part. Like, like why, why is... Yeah. Meaning be erased. Why are these things being conflated? Is this actually being done for sinister reasons? Yeah. Isn't that the sort of not that's not the and not always? And, and, and I would Clearly say not always, but but it's really important, I think, to ask in some cases why are why mm. are smoke screens or why are mm. not the just not the true words um, being used? Of course, because there is. There is very a real thing of like you know fat phobia, and there's lots of reasons why people are different sizes, and a lot of the time it's or you know some of the time I think it's it's, it's a mm. lot more it's it's a lot more complex than yeah. um you know like oh just you know just stop eating so much you know because like for example if any of you've read the body keeps the score there's a lot and like in in the work that we do a lot of um, both male and female survivors or, you know, and of course there'd be gender diverse people as well, um, you know, it's a coping mechanism and there's a physiological response. You mm. know, like for me it just so happened that I like couldn't eat. So it's just there's so many different things to consider. And, again, nuances 
well, preserve I think the nuance. Because I think what, <laughs> what we have seen more recently is the way language has been deployed to kind of leech it of all meaning. And if yes. we segue neatly into some of the horror which we've been witnessing through the RoboDebt World Commission, Oof. is that the kind of the bureaucraties that was deployed um, very deliberately to throw up smoke screens um, in the face of people who were trying to get information, who were trying to find out what was going on, and they were led deliberately into a linguistic maze that ended mm. in horror for so many of them um, to distract uh, rather than to kind of clarify or elucidate. So using language for the very, you know, conversely, uh, for a very against the very reason for which it was created to kind of confuse rather than communicate. I mean, language is the most powerful tool, whether it's used... Um, for good or for evil. Narrative is confli- a, yeah, it's a tool of power. Two conflicting points here, just sort of <laughs> on the, I mean, who is the audience for the Roald Dahl's books? It is, it's children, it's not us. You know, I, I'm just thinking about my son and the values I want to instill in him from, you know, reading a book. I probably prefer he didn't come out of, you know, a little picture book experience thinking fat people are, you know, just comically there and the thing about Augustus Gloop is his entire character is that he's fat and greedy and <laughs> I, I don't know how they've rewritten around that using different words that'll be just an interesting exercise well, in, syn- in synonyms out the word fat. it is literally just removing the word fat so they haven't so changed now. his character and the fact that he's I mean he's basically greed and sloth they haven't changed those aspects of it well no and look i will say in the wolf review which i'm currently here in brisbane producing just a little uh, plug there is that we have a line where uh, we're talking where phil scott as kevin rudd says we're we not allowed to use the word dragon anymore they are now used fire enabled reptiles <laughs> and jo- jonathan biggins as jim Chalmers says oh are we still allowed to kill them and he goes, oh, shit, yeah, it's what you call them, that's important. <laughs> and I think that goes to the very point of, you know, using language as a smokescreen while behind that smokescreen, you know, as you say, Augustus Glute's character hasn't fundamentally changed and nor can it for the point of the narrative. Um, and, and then on that, there's, I think there's a, an element about just the commodification of art and basically capitalism. Isn't the point that art is of its time and that it's fine if it ages and no longer resonates with people and we just pick up a new thing? I mean, ha- this is this. Well, that's what mm. Philip Pullman said. Philip Pullman of, um, you know, his dark materials overnight was sort of made that point is that, you know, if you have to rewrite them. I mean, look, there was a great wealth of storytelling in Roald Dahl. Um, we all know now that he was an anti-Semitic bastard. So, you know, we could stray into, but probably shouldn't for the purposes of time, um, the can you separate the art from the person and its creator kind of story. I, oh, um, I but- actually, I have it. Sorry, can I just answer that very quickly? Yes. Which is, isn't it entirely to do with how talented you are? <laughs> And you just get a leave pass the more and more talented you are. Well, you do, and whether or not that's right. <laughs> if you should buy art from people who, you know, shot their wives, for example, there's a great history, yeah. fine tradition of, uh, of male artists shooting their wives. Really? Um, oh, yeah. Like, and one of them, you know, pretended that it was um, like you put – there was an apple what? on the head. And, yeah, oh, no, like, go back. Look, we cut. this is another hot topic. Okay, yeah, sorry, another sorry, day, sorry. But, yeah, yeah there, there is, um, and, okay. you know. And, and, you know, 
No, there is lots more examples, of, but I won't go there just at the moment. I might get some um, legal fetch. I have to admit, I have to admit, when I found out um, Grace was coming on the podcast, I did not expect we'd be talking for twenty-five minutes about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in the first episode. <laughs> well, we, well, yeah. But um, Philip Pullman's point is: look, you know, move on. Like they were of their time. Yes. Roald Dahl was yes. of his time. It's- there are many fantastic authors writing work right now which is speaking in a much more urgent way to our contemporary issues um with imagination with which yes. um you know draw them in like earn is, them royalties this is another incarnation i think of or it's another it's another example to me of how we really are losing our sense of perspective and proportion what what is important in the world and you know like we we again if we zoom out we we seem to be you know, like being held in these very, very nitpicky debates. <laughs> While the world's on fire. Yeah. Mm. And that's, I mean, there's, again, I feel like there is, and maybe I'm too cynical and jaded because of what I do in a daily job where I do see, I do, I see the perpetrators of the crimes that I work actively to, to fight against and, and hopefully one day end, which again is ambitious, but I, I see th- those those are the very bad faith actors who who do, you know, use these sorts of techniques of mm. control, of kicking the can, of smoke sc- of use of deploying smoke screens. And I think is there some kind of design to this that mm. we're just distracted and we're looking in the wrong direction? Can we mm. and like, I recognize say, this for what it is and move on? It will, and perhaps to conclude this conversation because Dave's right we have spent most of our podcast on it but there more <laughs> fundamentally when you talk about people who do have sinister motives I mean what are we doing and what are we saying and what we are what are we allowing if we say books can be rewritten um mm. the the author's intent you know the author was the writer Indeed, mm. as would be suggested by the name. So for us to go back, write new bit, fucking books. Those yeah, books have us, fucking been written. Excuse me, write new fucking book. <laughs> if you're not so happy with it, and I just don't think that we should be um, so blasé and so cavalier about the prospect of people with power mm. rewriting books yes. um, and history. From That's called rewriting intent. history, exactly. And, exactly. And I think in a really we can, subtle way. We can all say, it's, it, as Dave said, it's capitalism is to blame because obviously it's the Roald Dahl Foundation going. How do we make a back, I know we reboot it with a whole lot of different words. To, well, you know, yeah. like, but, and we're saying because we no longer share the values of the author, we yeah. it is okay for us to go back and change the words yeah. that the author put on the page. And I think there's something because, fundamentally problematic but it, about because that. we <laughs> want to make more money out of this particular dead white male. But it's also reinforcing that you should be like. Like I, 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 again, I. This is for the benefit of people with trauma. Like if we, if we keep going back to that and revisiting things like that, and really, sort of lowering the threshold for what upsets us, then when something really fucking shit happens, how the fuck are you gonna be? I'm sorry. This is this is, and I'm I'm saying this for people's benefit. If you are upset by things like that, I'm mm. sorry. When something, when you know, goodness forbid, you crash your car. And you really have a shit day. Goodness forbid you get groomed and a pedophile rapes you. How the fuck are you going to be? I'm really sorry. Mm. But just. Yes. Like words can harm you. Words can. Words are the foundation of grooming. And sinister things are the things, you know, that were said to me. And they really, they've stuck with me. 
They have. But that was in the context of a larger pattern of behavior that built up over a long period of time. And the context, as Charles was saying before, as we've all been saying, is the missing piece. And that has been eroded. Mm. You know, it's these other factors like context, objective, impact. These three things are key. To, these nuances. To make a far less serious point, artists don't always know when to stop as well. I, I've been a Star Wars fan since I was five. There is an artist that cannot stop tinkering with his own art and just probably should. I'm talking about George Lucas, of course. Hand shot first. The, I mean, you, you're painting a painting, you're writing a song. You can keep going. Like, when does that finish? That keeps going until you get sick of it, really. And some artists just don't get sick of it. We need to protect art from but the artist at some point. That's it all comes back to capitalism. This oh, is what I'm saying. Always, I don't think it's always money. No, no, I don't think it's always money in the case of artists. Is that It literally is the case that a work of art could never be finished and generally is never finished. You just hand it over at some point. I, um, I don't know. I'd, I'd argue that stopped being art. For me, like quite a while ago, I don't know. I really like the, you know. Oh, I'm not talking about Star Wars specifically. Star I'm Wars more generally about the artistic impulse. Is, is Jar Jar Binks art? <laughs> Can we do that episode well, a whole I hour? Making, th- I was making a high. <laughs> I have very I have strong say. opinions about this. We should do a whole episode. Oh, okay. No. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. There's probably that's a false binary to set up, like is Jar Jar Binks art and is the artistic <laughs> urge, uh, you know, to be applauded and eternal. But since talking of false binaries, yes. um, Charles, yes. let's hear your the false binary that's been frustrating you this week. Look, I, I've i got a bit of an admission. Here we go. I, I am happy to admit when I'm wrong. Uh, yesterday, I, I pitched this idea to talk about on the, on the shop podcast, which was uh, to talk about the koalas versus renewables debate. Uh, do you know about this debate about whether we need should we should we have koalas or renewables? Because that's um, front page of the Herald yesterday. Was that was the debate, right? And look, um, it, just to put this all in context, uh, koalas. Uh, I know, Dave, you're from Melbourne, so you probably don't know about this. But up here in New South Wales, koalas are extremely endangered. We've got, a bit, I think, about two koalas left. Um, And that is not helped by the fact that uh, a couple of years ago, the coalition government here, the New South Wales coalition government, split over whether they should be allowed to drive koalas to extinction or not. Uh, You know, sort of standard New South Wales politics stuff. Drive renewably? Can can I? Uh, uh, Needless to say, you're using electric cars. three steps behind as a Victorian. have you got a koalas yeah. a renewable source of energy in New South Wales? No, 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 no. Just leave aside the renewables for a second. Okay. This is just all about. This is just koalas, right? So and I will just libs- say quickly that, needless to say, the person who was most in favour of murdering koalas was our yes. newly departed deputy premier, John Barrow. Yes. And, 
And he actually threatened to split the coalition over this very issue. Like, his right to drive koalas to extinction was the issue on which they split, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> like, not true. The whole That's, government is that really was, true? was about to collapse. No, that is so honestly true. Gladys actually yes. had to, like, call his and, bluff and say, if you, are going, yeah. if you, if you say you're going to resign yeah. from Cabinet over this and lose all the perks yes. that you have spent years cultivating, then go yes. ahead and lead us to say and, they and Gladys called. Gladys called his bluff, but the the Nats won. They got the they they got the koala sanctuary allowed to be developed over, right? Like it's farmland, right? So and Matt Keane actually then did a secret deal behind the Nats' back to save the koalas in another place without telling the Nats because he didn't want the Nats to know that some koalas would survive. It's just ridiculous stuff. Anyway. So Tanya Pletusek is being now here in New South Wales. The coalition yeah. <laughs> really—it's just such a model yeah. of collaboration and um, cooperation. Uh, are, and, co- you know, yeah. are koalas different up there? Like, do they down here? They don't do all that much. They're cute and they eat gum mm. trees, but they're they're not a a threat to our way of life. And chlamydia is rife within the mm. koala yeah. population but, nationwide. I'll just note. But we shouldn't badly. kill them because of that. Should we? No, no. <laughs> Actually, I've just realised why they probably wanted to get rid of koalas. They probably thought that, the, you know, those koalas used to dress up with buckets and collect money on the <laughs> side of the street. They probably thought yeah. they were real koalas. And uh, <laughs> wanted to murder them. Well, they're annoying. Which I'm supportive of, actually, by the way. But anyway, no, Tanya Plibersek's been drawn into this because according to the Herald, the whole issue now is between, like, do we want to save the koalas or do we want to have renewable energy? Right. And the whole point is that Tanya Plibersek has vowed to save the koalas, which basically yeah. means she must be anti the environment because because to save the koalas means that she's going to have to cancel a whole lot of renewable projects, right? And it's what quite a, a lot of rubbish. It's quite a lot yeah. of projects, right? 18 wind farms have been have been proposed on koala sanctuary land, seven solar farms and four hydropower projects are all slated to sort of murder but koalas. I, I right? Can I just, we've got a new projects. term here in Australia now. We've got scape koalas because that is just a load of crap. That is so crap. We are talking about smoke screens before. To use a koala... A slow moving, not talking, <laughs> chlamydia fluffy, com- what? Yeah, that's it's not its fault. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't know the context of what that means, does it? It's a koala. To, to put that up as some innocent beacon, mm. you know, to throw it under the proverbial bus. Yes. The, uh, Which the is renewable bus. Yeah. To throw it under the renewable bus. <laughs> so many metaphors here. Um, that's. That is some well, terrible political. Yeah, but this is where this is where I am about nonsense. to admit. It's where <laughs> I am willing to admit I'm wrong. Yeah, right? it's, it's okay. hard. Because, it's really hard because like, it turns out. So this is the thing. So you drill down. You go. Oh, that sounds terrible. You know, Tanya's going to save the koalas. She's clearly an anti-environmentalist. Turns out, like yeah. if you then read the whole the stats that actually this article was based on, the the actual like most of the holdups, there's actually 140 projects that will be, you know, interrupted by the koalas. 37 of them are new apartment blocks. 
Yeah. 23 of them are fucking coal mines. Well, this yeah, is right. what I was going to raise with you, Charles, because yes. I went back and read up on this after we had spoken. And actually, yet again, the renewable projects yes. were actually a very small minority of yes. the, the yeah. number. And actually, it was much less controversial that stop yes. coal mines and not over, and create overdensity. Uh, in so the actual headline could equally, in fact, more accurately have been Tanya Plibersek is going to use koalas to go. save Australia from expanding our fossil fuel output. There but that go. is a more accurate reflection that of what is indeed. actually going on. She's, she's cynically using these cute animals mm. to prevent coal mines from being built and gas projects and and huge mo- quarries for for mining operations, so but the whole but so I sort of went so how the fuck did Channel Nine like Sydney Morning yeah. Herald right so it's Channel uh, Nine you know Peter, Peter Costello you know usual suspects <laughs> <laughs> so, so but but the the whole article actually hinges on this sentence which is so all this renewable energy must be located somewhere. So it sort of admits that actually this is a complete date up, but it says all this renewable energy. It sort of says, "Oh, Chris Bowen has lots of visions for lots more renewable projects, like more than these eighteen that we've been talking about." Uh, which means that it is at least likely a big jump in the list of eighteen wind projects, seven solar farms, and four hydroelectric projects registered with the government as a potential threat to koala habitat. So it's sort of like if we project forward then this might be a problem, even though I kind of admit it's not now. It so there you go. That's... Was this on the front so what, page? What is that? Like... Did you say this was on yes, the front page? Yes, this was the fucking front page of the Herald. Wow. And not your, well, not my bad Herald, your such a, Herald. Okay, I mean, fuck. I don't know whether Channel 9's been taken over by Murdoch or something, but well, it just seemed like well, it's, it's so cheap. But that's Yeah, sorry. But I, the whole I, thing I jumped, is cheap, I jumped way ahead of you, Charles, but that's to... what I was predicting was <laughs> that was um, was a, was yeah. going on there. Yeah. Um, and you've given the specifics. I mean, we, we had discussed using koalas as renewable energy <laughs> yesterday, but, you know, get them in little, um, you know, those things where you've got to run around, you know, like, oh, the, like the, the spin wheel wheels. Thing. Yeah, yeah. hamster wheels. A koala-led koala 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 recovery. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That could <laughs> be right. um, another item for shot merchandise. Um, <laughs> now, look, we were going to delve a bit into state politics. Uh, because, of course, we've got an election looming in New South Wales and we've got a new bronze statue of Dan Andrews about to be um, cast in Victoria. But I think we have rather um, banged on long enough for our dear mm. readers and dear, list- uh, dear listeners. So I think there will, and there will still be opportunity to talk about um, mm. New South Wales politics in particular because the election's not until the 28th of March. And there will be many more opportunities, I'm sure, to talk about mini implosions of the government mm. itself, more candidates lost. Labor candidates going to sex parties. Like, there's just so much that yes, keeps happening yes. on a day to day basis that we might hold that over till next week. But just to clarify, when does Dan Andrews actually pass the 3,000 mark? Daniel, like, 3,000 day uh, mark, which is the statue day. Dictator L. Fidel Danstro passed the date on Monday mm. this week. So, just. Oh, right. Very, okay. very quickly, uh, in 19. Yeah, give us the background on it. Uh, Jeff Kennett, prior to losing his last election, decided it would be a fantastic idea if Victorian premiers got a bronze statue, publicly 
on display after their 3,000th day in office. Jeff at the time needed about another year. He thought this was a shoo-in. He lost the election. And now Daniel Andrews has reached that mark. He will get a statue. I, I suppose he could refuse it if he wanted to. I think instead of doing that, he should unveil it on Jeff Kennett's birthday. <laughs> I think that would be an excellent thing. Or just on Jeff Gannett. On the, in front of his house. Like, there are lots of fun things we could do with this. The right has always been, I think, better at trolling. I think this is a fantastic opportunity for Daniel Andrews to have some kicks on behalf of the rest of this state. Yeah. Like he could be holding a syringe, he could be holding a Herald Sun, he could be doing whatever. Use our imagination. Well, on that note, we shall wait with bated breath um, to see said um, statue. It could come out looking yeah. you know, like nothing like Dan Andrews. These things have a way of doing that. But we'll, we'll look forward <laughs> to that and hearing when and how it is to be unveiled. Um, and we'll look forward to joining you again uh, next week uh, with the shots take on everything, uh, well, the sublime and the ridiculous, really, let's be honest, is what we've traversed today. So thank you, Grace, for joining us today. We look forward to having you with us no from here on in um, and reconvening uh, next week. Thanks all. See you. Our gear is from Rode and we are part of the Iconoclast Network. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.